gentlemen, welcome back to the Battleground Podcast. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are looking to live with sexual integrity and affect the world for Christ. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 30, entitled Reflections on the Andrew Tate Phenomenon. So let's dive right into it. Uh, Reflections on Andrew Tate. Now, uh, right off the bat, some of you may be asking, why, why bring up Andrew Tate right now? Uh, he was so last year, and this is kind of true. Uh, he did kind of have his reach his media peak at the beginning of last year, or the first half of last year. Haven't heard as much about him in the last few months, although he's definitely still around. Um, he's actually on house arrest right now, awaiting trial, so he's out of a Romanian prison. Um, but the reason we're talking about Andrew Tate today is if if we look at his life over the last few years and, and the things that he's done and how the world has reacted, um, it, it does give us good insight into our world, our culture, uh, a concept of masculinity, and really how to live well as Christian men in this world today and, and God's good but but fallen in sin world. And so Andrew Tate and, and his concept of masculinity and the way that different parts of the world have reacted, uh, we can learn several things from this as Christian men. So reflections on Andrew Tate. I'm going to divide this into four parts. One, I'll just give you a quick summary of his life thus far. Uh, and then two, I'll look at the kind of his online presence, his, his media influence and, and personality and message. And then three, we'll look at just obvious issues with Tate and and a Christian response, you know, areas where he's just clearly not living up to any sort of Judeo-Christian moral scheme. And uh, we'll close it out with then just some some things we can learn as we we reflect on all of this. So who is Andrew Tate? And I, I would imagine that many of you listening have heard of him, heard him. Uh, seen some of his content and are well aware, but I'd, I'd imagine there's a few that have not, depending on your age. So Andrew Tate was born in Washington, D.C. to uh, British parents. His father was an African-American uh, international master chess player, which is no small feat. Uh, so that's a an interesting fact about his parents. But um, born in 1986, his parents divorced and his mom took him and his brother Tristan back to England, where he grew up. Um, it was there in England that he he got into kickboxing and became actually a very accomplished kickboxer, a four-time uh, world champion in his weight group. Um, so he, he was a very good fighter, uh, could hold his own. Uh, he appeared on the show Big Brother in 2016, which is a, a reality TV show that just thrives on drama and putting lots of single people into a home together. Um, he's kicked off the show, and at some point after that, he and his brother Tristan began operating a, a webcam modeling uh, service or business where they would recruit girls to perform sexual acts and, and chat with men online. And then um, they would coerce these men into paying large sums of money. Uh, really uh, just an awful scheme. And so kind of an online pimp. And uh, after he got into some trouble with that, um, he started to put out some 
information, kind of a rags to riches story about here's how I, you know, became rich and and self-employed and here's how you can too. And that motif struck a chord um, online with lots of young men. And so um, for several reasons, his content began to to hit the algorithm and, and rode a big wave. Um, he started a, a program called Hustlers University, which was a, a membership site where he paid $50 a month. Um, it was geared towards young men who, who wanted to, as he says, escape the matrix. Um, and so you pay $50 a month, you have access to all these courses that you can increase your personal skills and, and become self-employed this way, uh, gain access to well, more freedom, you know, fast cars, fast women, smoke cigars, all of this kind of toting a a version of masculinity in life that like if you ask like a 13 year old boy, what do you think a real man is? You know, a 13 year old boy with no good role models in his life might <laughs> might describe Andrew Tate's lifestyle as as the ideal man. Um, so Hustlers University went through a name change to the real world and had different well, just a lot of young men paying $50 a month for this. And there was a um, a part of this where if you had a link and someone else signed up through your link, then then you could get half of a month free. Um, so uh, almost like a Ponzi scheme. And uh, while there was some stuff on the site that, that did contribute to real world skills, again, a lot of this was, you know, getting young men to pay <laughs> a lot of money to someone at the top. And uh, so uh, that's Andrew Tate. Uh, Two years ago then in 2022, he was living in Romania and arrested on charges of uh, of sex trafficking, rape, things like that, which the life he's led, it's no surprise. Um, So that's kind of the the story of his life this far. Uh, Like I said, he was born in America grew up in England, uh, back to the States, then to Europe because it was freer and, and he was freer to speak his mind. Um, but yet in Romania, he was arrested for, for several of these things. So, uh, again, you may have, you may have known all that already, or, or maybe this is completely new, but the way that he absolutely blew up and, and it's such a receptive audience he, uh, among young men, uh, can tell us several things. So, I, I want to take another minute then and just break down more of his online influence, his online presence, and and the things that he was saying um, back before he blew up. So I believe 2019, 2020, uh, before he was really big in, in the online world, um, did an, several interviews, several podcasts, and as I was researching online, you can kind of see with a a podcast named Pompliano, um, who interviewed him again before he was big. Tate talks about how when he had nothing, he invited five girls in his life to his house to try and convince them all to start a webcam business. And of those five, two of them listened to him and and agreed to, to perform these explicit acts online, um, for him. And then he and his brother Tristan then built out this business where at one point they had 75 girls and, and four different locations, um, and men from all over the world chatting with these girls. And it wasn't even the girls that were 
chatting with them. Uh, Tate and his brother were the ones that were typing the replies because, quote, they knew what what men wanted to hear. So it's really an awful thing that that he began doing um, and the money he got from that. And he's he's not ashamed to talk about, you know, the hundreds of thousands of dollars that he scammed men out of uh, using that system. Um he was able to start up the real world, the Hustlers University uh, thing. And again, this rags to riches motif um, really, really blew up. It really resonated. Um, so it, it was propelled again on the principle that young men, if, if they want to get out of the, the difficulties of life and how the world is trying to drag them down, um, they need to be super skilled. They need to be self-employed. They need to be rich. And, uh, this website offered these courses that for 50 bucks a month, um, it, it would help them escape the matrix. So in uh, Hustler University's marketing course, students learned how to edit and repost clips of Tate online. And again, they could put an affiliate link there. And if someone signed up using their link, um, then they got $25 half a month's subscription. So you can kind of see how Tate employed his own followers to to spread his content. And then uh, once he hit the podcast circuit um, and, and he was saying enough, enough controversial things, some of it was controversial to, you know, the liberal crowd. Some of it was controversial to, I'd say normal people, people in the evangelical world. Um, but then he said things that both of those camps kind of agreed with too. So it wasn't like there was one group that could completely say this guy and everything he says are not legitimate. Um, and you think in the last 10 years, the the rise of the term t- toxic masculinity. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, there are a lot of points in society where it is harder for young men than young women. I, I mean, you look at some of the st- statistics of, of public schooling and and how that's you know geared towards young women or young men take your energy elsewhere or just stop, <laughs> stop roughhousing, stop being stopping boys, you know, sit down, you know, you're not doing well in school. And, and so several different ways that, uh, that this resonated with young men, uh, Tate saying the world is against you. You've got to be strong. And so, you know, he was known, he said, there's millions of young men out there who just want to grow up, go to the gym, get strong, be respected, have a beautiful girl in a sports car. And, and that was his message. He got a lot of young men paying his monthly fee. Um, raking in millions per month on on this scheme. And then in December of 2022, like I said earlier, he's arrested in Romania. Since then, he's been released on house arrest, and, and right now he's awaiting trial. So I should pause and say Andrew Tate's story is not done. I I think we'll have uh, – I wouldn't be shocked if he hits the, the news circuit again for one reason or another. Um he did convert to Islam within the last couple of years from a, at least nominally Christian faith. So that's his life. Uh, moving on then to how do we, how do we respond as Christians? And I just have a couple of the obvious issues here. So one, um, starting recently with his conversion to Islam, again, this is a, within the last two years, um, he, in, in podcast interviews, he makes it very clear. He tailored, his religion to meet his needs. You know, he says, here's the things I like and the things I don't like. And, and so I'm going to choose the God that ticks the most of my boxes. And, uh, 
unfortunately, this is not how reality works. And and if you're a Christian young man listening, which I assume most of you are, uh, given that this is the podcast for Christian young men, um, you're well aware this is not how the creature to creator relationship works. Um, we are made in God's image. We don't get to make God in our own image. You know, that's it's not vice versa. It's not the other way around. Um, one passage that just came to mind of many is Ecclesiastes chapter five, when when Solomon says, uh, walk prudently when you go to the house of God, draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Um, do not be rash with your mouth. So he's just saying only the fool approaches God, not understanding how big God is and how dependent upon the one true God the fool really is. And that's kind of what Tate has done here. He's he's rejected the God of the Bible. Um, and there's several reasons that he talks about this. But again, the biggest thing is, he says, the way I want to treat women, the way I think the world should run, um, I think Islam works better for me here. So he he tailors the the creator to his own needs. And this is a foolish thing to do. Uh, second, Tate has a terrible view of women and really human sexuality. It's it's twisted. Now, again, I have to start by saying he does get a couple things right. Um, he rejects lots of the, the modern woke uh, craziness and absurdity that we see around us. Uh, he does believe that men are to be strong and that women ha- have their own set of gifts, um, uh, almost <laughs> to use the the evangelical word, he's almost a complementarian that men and women have have different roles. Uh, but rather than use that term tastefully, uh, he twists it and he, he is very domineering and abusive in his relationship with women, um, putting them down, objectifying them, all of these awful things. And so, again, <laughs> some of it the we would agree with him that men and women are are two different genders and that each gender has its uh, unique gifts and that both of them are valuable, but we believe that because they're made in the image of God, um, equally made in the image of God. But Tate would see that as, no, they're different, and one is stronger than the other and, and can use its strength and and leadership for domineering and and abusive relationships. Um, So this is really an awful thing. The way he talks about the, the pornographic business that, um, that he used to scam uh, lots of uh, scam others for lots of money. Again, objectifying the girls ruining their lives. This is not, uh, no one is winning there. Um, And, and his content talking about, why alpha males have lots of sex partners they get to choose. Obviously, this is a just very different than the one man, one woman, one flesh relationship that the scriptures paint or, or the scriptures lay out for us. Um, so his views on on women, sexuality are just awful. Uh, they are there's nothing good to be gained from listening to to Tate here and and we pray that that Tate can confess and and come to his senses um, that he would turn to the one true God and then want to bring all areas of his life back under what God lays out in the Bible. Uh, number three, Tate's wealth building schemes have consistently been 
sleazy at best and, and just straight up scams at worst. So his concept of, of work and, and wealth, these are not good. Whereas we read, we read Solomon in the Proverbs and he says that the diligence and planning and, and, and wealth gotten slowly is a good thing and to be able to enjoy it as a gift from God. Um, we read the New Testament that says riches are a, a wonderful tool, but a terrible master and advise those who are rich. Um, I believe first, first Timothy, first Timothy six, advise those who are rich in this world to, to use their riches, to gain riches in the next for, for eternal means. Um, knowing that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so, again, Tate's view of, of wealth and money as totally inconsistent with the Christian worldview. So again, we, we clearly see for, for these moral and theological reasons, Andrew Tate is not worth imitating. Um, so that's, that's his life story, his, his online influence and message. Uh, there's three obvious issues obvious contradictions with the Christian faith. Um, he's kind of picking a God that meets his needs. He's being his own God. Uh, he has a terrible view of women and human sexuality. Um, his idea of wealth and, and how to get it is, is twisted. So that brings us to my final point, which is just pausing and reflecting then on the whole phenomenon, not just Andrew Tate and his work, but the world's reaction, why he did get such a big following um, so quickly. And, and so, again, I want to say there were many things he said that were true. Um, many principles that he embodies or seeks to live out that, to an extent, we should and can imitate. And, and these are things like taking personal responsibility for your actions and your life. <laughs> that's a that's a very Christian theme. Um he, he talks a lot about self-mastery, getting in shape, um, learning skills. Okay, these are things that if you are bearing God's image well in this age, you're going to want to do those same things. And so, you know, hearing a, a one-minute clip online of him talking about those things, someone might say, okay, well, this, <laughs> this take guy's right about that. Um, he talks a lot about ambition and enterprise and, and not being lethargic and lazy, again, as as image bearers, as dominion takers, as disciple makers, we are to be ambitious and 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 movers. Um, so, because he he had several themes that were right and and weren't just completely wrong, uh, he resonated with some groups and not with others. But then, in different different beliefs, he would resonate with the other group. And so, it's kind of like Donald Trump, where. Trump in the last 10 years has appealed to many evangelicals because of his kind of no nonsense, forget political correctness. I'm just going to come out and say what I think. Um, and there are many areas today where if you're going to be politically correct, you're not going to be biblical. And so that's a good thing. But at the same time, Donald Trump morally has very little going for him. And uh, the fact that so many would run to endorse him as a, a person and a politician, um, it's really a scary thing. And again, I, I know that politics adds a adds a different layer to things, um, and and so I know there's there's more complexity to that. But again, Tate <laughs> Tate and Trump are almost in that that same camp where, well, they they disagree with lots of that the the wokeness going around, and yet <laughs> the things that they do value aren't aren't Christian at all. Um, so some of what he said was true. 
and and I guess in some sense we agree with those things, but the story that his life is told, who he is, we we have to completely disagree, and we don't want to we don't want to be pointing anyone to Andrew Tate saying, you know, you should probably go check out Tate on this. The truth is, there's there's far better voices in your church or online uh, than than Andrew Tate. Okay, number two, there's a need for male initiation in our culture and. And the fact that Tate did get so popular so quickly and and for so long, I think this really shows us. And and Tate's not the only one because I think there's better guys that talk about and coach young men. Um, People like Jocko Willink, you know, the the Navy SEAL, who's very big on self-discipline, or or David Goggins, right? Who's going to carry the boats? Um, Another another Navy SEAL, I believe. Um, Jordan Peterson, the, the Canadian psychologist, 12 Rules for Life guy. I don't believe any of them are evangelical Christians um, or have explicitly put their faith in Christ. I guess I could be wrong up to this point um, because things change. But all three of those guys um, will tell you as a young man any number of those same truths. Uh, Be ambitious, um, be self-disciplined, get in shape, uh, all of that. And so those three, again, that I just mentioned and many others, though, they demonstrate this need for for male initiation, and and there's a resonance there uh, as a young man when when you see an older masculine figure say, "Hey, this is how this is how to be a man." So I, I, I want to point you to two things. One, um, no matter how old you are, whether you're 15, 20, 25, 30, or 35, you can initiate uh, young men in your church into godly masculinity simply by by sharing your life with them by by doing things with them by following God together um whether that's your bible study at Chick-fil-A whether that's playing soccer on Friday nights um uh, whether that's going hunting right there's there's lots of ways for you to share your life with a a guy that's younger than you and and they can see in your life um your path of godly masculinity, right? I, I think of Paul saying, follow me as I follow Christ, or he's saying, I'm I'm a person embodying um, the life of Christ. I'm uh, yet not I, but through Christ in me, I'm trying to live that out in front of you. So follow me as I follow Christ, right? This is, <laughs> this is the church. So you uh, make sure that a young man in your church is not starving for masculine initiation, um, Share your life with them. And and then flipping that, not looking just younger, but looking older as well, you can build healthy male camaraderie in your town, in your church. This is a good thing. This is a necessary thing. And and lately the evangelical church just hasn't has done a great job of that, of of building good, um, meaningful men's ministry. And I get I get that there's several factors that make that tough, uh, but male camaraderie is a good thing when we're talking about um, pointing our culture back to Christ, you know, fulfilling the Great Commission. You need that that male friendship, male initiation, um, and you can do that in your town. So look for men whom you can follow. Uh, invite other young men to follow Christ with you. And if, if you're going to turn to the online world, which is not a bad thing, I, I'm there and <laughs> I suppose you're there right now if you're listening to a, an online podcast for Christian young men, but make sure that the guys you listen to are are worth listening to. Um, 
and there's much better than Andrew Tate. Okay, number three, three and four are connected, but three, be wise about your algorithm. Um, the way that TikTok and, and Instagram and YouTube shorts targeted young men ages 11 to like 30 with Andrew Tate content, um, just within minutes of setting up an account, that's Tate was some of the first content that uh, young men were, were targeted with over the last couple years. And, and the algorithms, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, any of them, obviously they're, they're growing and changing and morphing so, so quickly, but they're good at what they do. And that is putting the content in front of you that you want to see so that you will stay there as long as possible and, and knock it off. Um, so you be the master of your algorithm. Don't spend time watching things that aren't worth it. And I'm not just saying porn. I'm, I'm saying any number of people that can influence you. Um, if you, if you hit the tap on the video and say, I don't want to see this video, you know, you can, you can redeem your algorithm. It, it can be a good thing and a helpful thing in your life full of lots of good content. If you have the discipline to tell it the things you want to see. Um, but if, if you're not the master of it, if, if you're not intentional about that, it's going to be the master of you. So one, be wise about your algorithm. And two, um, for ministering in today's world, whether you're in vocational ministry or or you're serving in your church and, and working elsewhere, which is is all good, um, it would be wise for us to understand the the digital generations. And and what I mean by that is I'm I'm 26, right? And uh the guys who are even five years below me, 21 year olds, uh, and, and the guys who are even three years below them, that the types of content that we get are so vastly different. Um, and again, the algorithm knows <laughs> all of this. And so no matter what age you are, uh, if, if you're going to effectively minister to other men, whether older or younger, um, do try to be aware of the types of content and the voices that are speaking to them or that, that the algorithm is targeting them with. And again, the last two years in the, the tape phenomenon um, are a big example of this because even in my church, I, I could ask all of the middle school boys if they knew who Andrew Tate was and they could tell me many things, uh, but ask any of their parents and they would have no idea or, or many of the young adults even, um, but they would have ideas of different people. So let's be aware of, of these digital generations sometimes as even just... Uh, the span of a few years difference in age and, and you can have very different algorithms, very different influences. Um, and we've got to be keen to this if we're going to minister well in a, a internet driven world. So this has been some reflections on Andrew Tate. I hope this was helpful and informative for you and that uh, this will help you be a better man living in your town and your church. Um, and that as you change who your influencers are, as you influence others in your in your space, um, that that we can be a positive force for Christ. So, uh, in conclusion, I've already said it several times, but Tate's not worth following. Find find men in your life who are. Find men online who are worth following. Uh, don't fall for this kind of immature fourteen-year-old boy version of masculinity with fast cars, hot cigars, fast women, <laughs> you know, this is, this is obviously not it. Um, but let's be men who follow Christ, who bear our strength well, who are self-controlled, who are ambitious, um, who treat women with dignity and respect, who are in committed relationships or strive for that, um, who are 
men of sexual integrity, right? Let's let's strive for all of this. Let's get after it. So uh, in conclusion, then want to thank a lot of you for participating in the the Instagram giveaway. Um, as I'm recording this, the, the giveaway is going on, so I can't announce who won, but check the Instagram page. We have uh, some some sharp-looking Battleground crew necks, and a book by Jonathan Pacluda was a, a huge help, challenge, and conviction to me called Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do? Um, so thank you all if, if you commented and put it on your story or tagged a friend. Uh, that's absolutely huge. And I, I do want to sincerely say then this, uh, this episode doing the research, this took several hours of time and, and the editing that's going to happen. Um, this all takes time. This is hard work. And so I, I ask in return that you just take a, a few seconds on whatever platform you're listening to, to either leave five stars, um, write a review, uh, hopefully a good one. And, or, or do something to give back a little bit. I, I ask as an honest trade um, and good faith that that we can work well together. And I, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of gentlemen uh, who who reached out or, or were talking about the pod. Uh, Mr. Redka, uh, Mr. Davies, thank you guys for, for your encouraging words uh, about these episodes. And uh, gentlemen, my goal, as I said a couple episodes ago, and I say at the beginning of each is to to build men of sexual integrity who, who affect the world for Christ. And we want to be biblically saturated, local church oriented, uh, whole, or local church grounded, whole man oriented, and optimistic that and, and hopeful that we can change the world and that we can change culture as we are changed to look more like Christ. So thank you for listening today. I, uh, I hope the episode was informative and a blessing to you. And until next time, keep fighting.